Section 51 of the Kerner Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Report of the National Advisory Committee on Civil Disorders. Kerner Commission Report. Chapter 17. Recommendations for National Action. Part 2. Suggested Programs We are proposing programs in six areas in order to illustrate how we believe the basic strategies we have outlined can be put into effect. Consolidating and concentrating employment efforts, opening the existing job structure, creating one million new jobs in the public sector in three years, creating one million new jobs in the private sector in three years, developing urban and rural poverty areas, Encouraging Business Ownership in the Ghetto Consolidating and Concentrating Employment Efforts Recruitment There is an urgent need for a comprehensive manpower recruitment and services agency at the community level. The Federal State Employment Service is not serving this function in many urban areas and cannot do so unless it is substantially restructured and revitalized. This was recommended in 1965 by the Employment Service Task Force but has been only partially achieved by the Employment Service's new Human Resources Development Program. We believe that every city should establish such a comprehensive agency with authority to direct the coordination of all manpower programs, including those of the Employment Service, the Community Action Agencies, and other local groups. The concentrated employment program established by the Department of Labor last year and now operating in the ghettos of 20 cities and in two rural areas is an important beginning toward a unified effort at the local level. A related effort by the Department of Housing and Urban Development is underway in the Model Cities program, now in the planning stage in some 63 cities. Placement. In order to match men to jobs, we need more effective interchange of information. A computerized nationwide service should be established, as recommended in 1966 by the National Commission on Technology, Automation, and Economic Progress, with priority of installation given to the large urban centers. An information system of this sort would simplify placement, including inter-area placement and placement from ghetto to suburb. This in turn will often require transportation assistance and counseling. The existing experimental mobility program, under the Manpower Development and Training Act, should be greatly expanded and should support movement from one part of a metropolitan area to another. Aid to local public transportation under the Mass Transportation Program should be similarly expanded on the basis of an existing experiment with subsidies for route service in ghetto areas. Job development and placement in private industry is critical to our proposed strategies and is now handled separately by a wide variety of agencies and programs, the Manpower Development and Training Act programs, the Vocational Education programs, the Vocational Rehabilitation program, the Job Corps, and recently, the Neighborhood Youth Corps and several new adult work experience and training programs. All seek to place trainees with private employers, sometimes with and sometimes without training assistance, through a wide variety of local agencies, as well as through the Employment Service, Community Action Agencies, and others. A single cooperative national effort should be undertaken with the assistance of business, labor, and industrial leaders at national, regional, and local levels. It should reach both individual companies and trade associations, systematically and extensively with information about incentive programs and aids, and with authority to negotiate contractual arrangements and channel incentive funds to private employers. 
the recently created Urban Coalition, with its local affiliates, brought together many of the interested parties in the private sector. The National Alliance of Businessmen, just established by the President, will be concentrating private industry efforts in on-the-job training of the hardcore unemployed. We believe that it may be helpful now to create a federally chartered corporation with authority to undertake the coordination of the private sector job program outlined below. Opening the Existing Job Structure Arbitrary barriers to employment and promotion must be eliminated. Federal, state, and local efforts to ensure equal opportunity in employment should be strengthened by a. Including federal, state, and local governmental agencies as employers covered by Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the Federal Anti-Discrimination in Employment Law, which now covers other employers of 50 or more employees, and as of July 1968, will cover employers of 25 or more employees, labor unions, and employment agencies. B. Granting to the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, the Federal Enforcement Agency under Title VII, cease and desist power comparable to the enforcement power now held by other federal agencies administering regulatory national policies. C. Increasing technical and other assistance now provided through the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission to state and local anti-discrimination commissions under the provisions of Title VII. D. Undertaking through the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, an industry and area-wide enforcement effort based not only upon individual complaints, but upon employer and union reports showing broad patterns of discrimination in employment and promotion. E. Linking enforcement efforts with training and other aids to employers and unions, so that affirmative action to hire and promote may be encouraged in connection with investigation of both individual complaints and charges of broad patterns of discrimination. F. Substantially increasing the staff and other resources of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission to enable it to perform effectively these additional functions. Equal opportunity for employment by federal contractors under Executive Order 11246 should be enforced more vigorously against both employers and unions. This is particularly critical in regard to federal construction contracts. Staff and other resources of the Office of Contract Compliance in the Department of Labor should be increased so that withholding federal contracts is made a meaningful sanction. The efforts of the Department of Labor to obtain commitments from unions to encourage Negro membership in apprenticeship programs are especially noteworthy and should be intensified. Title VI of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which provides for withholding federal grant and aid funds from activities which discriminate on grounds of color or race, should be supported fully, particularly in regard to recruitment for federally assisted job training in hospitals, universities, colleges, and schools. The staff and other resources of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, which has primary jurisdiction over these functions, should be expanded for this purpose. The federal government, through the Civil Service Commission and other agencies, should undertake programs of recruitment, hiring, and on-the-job training of the disadvantaged and should re-examine and revalidate its minimum employment and promotion standards. In this regard, the federal government should become a model for state and local government and the private business community. To enlist the full cooperation of federal agencies, they should be reimbursed by internal allowances for the extra costs of training disadvantaged employees. One way to improve the condition of the underemployed on a national basis would be to increase the federal minimum wage and widen its coverage. The recent increase to $1.60 per hour yields an annual wage only slightly above the poverty level, 
and only for those employed full-time. As an alternative, we recommend consideration be given to an experimental program of wage supplements or other methods for achieving the same income goals. Creating 1 million new jobs in the public sector in three years. Existing public employment programs should be consolidated and substantially increased. The Neighborhood Youth Corps last year involved approximately 300,000 youths between the ages of 14 and 22 in three programs of work experience. New York City offers either full-time positions, year-round or during the summer, or part-time positions during the school year. Several similar but considerably smaller public employment programs involve chronically unemployed adults, generally in sub-professional community betterment work, operational mainstream in small towns and rural areas, new careers and special impact in urban areas, and work experience and training for welfare recipients under the 1967 amendments to Title IV of the Social Security Act. Emphasis in the expanded public employment programs should be shifted, so far as possible, from work experience to on-the-job training, and additional federal assistance, above the present payment of 90% of wages, should be provided to pay for the additional costs of training and supportive services to trainees. Federal assistance should be scaled so it does not terminate abruptly. The public employer should pay a progressively larger share of the total cost as trainees' productivity increases. Emphasis should also be placed on employing trainees to improve rundown neighborhoods and to perform a variety of other socially useful public services, which are not make-work, including community service officers in police departments, as recommended by the President's Commission on Law Enforcement and Administration of Justice, and as discussed above in Chapter 11. Public employers should be required to pay on-the-job trainees not less than the minimum wage or the prevailing wage in the area for similar work, whichever is higher. We recommend a three-year program aimed at creating 250,000 new public service jobs in the first year and a total of one million such jobs over the three-year period. The Department of Defense should a. continue its emphasis on and consider expansion of Project 100,000 under which it accepts young men with below standard test scores, b. intensify its recruiting efforts in areas of high unemployment so that young men living there are fully aware of the training and service opportunities open to them, and c. substantially expand Project Transition, which began on a pilot basis in 1967 and involves training and counseling for servicemen scheduled to return to civilian life. Creating one million new jobs in the private sector in three years. 84% of the nation's 73 million civilian workers are at work in 11.5 million private enterprises. The involvement of only 5% of all private companies would represent the use of more than 500,000 enterprises and provide a massive additional spur to job development. Based on experience with training by private employers, primarily under the Manpower Development and Training Act, our recommendations are aimed at inducing a substantially expanded number of companies to hire and train the hardcore unemployed. Recruitment and referral of the disadvantaged unemployed should be undertaken by a public body such as the Manpower Service Agency we have already described. The Manpower Service Agency would determine eligibility and certify a chronically unemployed person for on-the-job training by issuing to him a certificate of eligibility or similar identifying document. This would entitle the private employer to reimbursement for certain costs. A similar technique was used under the GI Bill for training veterans of World War II and the Korean conflict. The direct reimbursement system currently used in on-the-job training programs should be expanded, 
and the existing programs should be consolidated under a single administration. These programs include the Manpower Development and Training Act and the new Work Training and Industry components of the Neighborhood Youth Corps, New Careers, and Special Impact Programs. Under these programs, a federal agency contracts to reimburse each employer for a negotiated average cost of training and supportive services for each trainee. If a corporation is chartered by Congress to serve as the government's primary instrument for job development in the private sector, the corporation, through regional and local subsidiaries, would a. Systematically work with trade groups, companies, and labor unions. b. Arrange for any necessary supportive services and pre-vocational educational training which employers are unable to provide. and c. Enter into contracts with employers providing for their reimbursement for the extra costs of training. The employer would, of course, undertake not to dismiss existing employees in order to hire trainees, to provide job training along with subordinative services, and to give reasonable assurance that the employee would be fairly promoted if he successfully completed his training period. To serve as an incentive to widespread business involvement, the average amount of the reimbursement must exceed substantially the approximate $1,000 per year payment now made under federal on-the-job training programs, and, for the hardcore unemployed, should at least equal the $3,500 recommended by the President in his manpower message of January 23, 1968. An additional and potentially lower-cost method of stimulating on-the-job training and new job creation for the hardcore unemployed is through a tax credit system, provided that guidelines are adopted to ensure adequate training and job retention. The Commission believes this alternative holds promise. With respect to the tax credit device, we note that since its enactment in 1962, the existing 7% incentive credit for investment in new equipment and machinery has been highly successful as a technique for reaching a large number of individual enterprises to effectuate a national policy. During the 1962-65 to 65 period, the credit was taken on 1,239,000 corporate tax returns representing new investment in the amount of approximately $75 million. To assure comparable simplicity in administration, the tax credit should be geared to a fixed amount for each certified employee hired and retained at least for a six-month period, with decreasing credits for retention for additional periods totaling another 18 months. No credit would be allowed if existing employees are displaced, or if the turnover rate among certified employees during each period exceeds more than twice the employer's usual turnover rate. The corporation chartered by Congress would establish performance guidelines, compare and evaluate the results of job training programs by contract and under the tax credit, and arrange to share with all participating employers the experiences of other companies with techniques for training the hardcore unemployed and holding them on the job. The Commission recommends a three-year program aimed at creating 300,000 new private sector jobs in the first year and a total of 1 million such jobs over the three-year period, provided that the tax credit is enacted at an early date. If the tax credit is not so enacted, a realistic goal would be 150,000 such jobs in the first year and 1 million jobs over a 3-5 to five year period. Developing Urban and Rural Poverty Areas A tax credit should also be provided for the location and renovation of plants and other business facilities in urban and rural poverty areas, as already defined jointly by several federal departments and agencies. The existing incentive tax credit for investment in new equipment, but not for real property or plant, is available without regard to where the investment is made. For investment in poverty areas, the existing credit should be increased substantially and extended to investments in real property and plant, whether for the construction of a new plant or the acquisition of an existing facility. 
plant and equipment in these areas should also be eligible for rapid amortization within as little as five years. These incentives would be designed to attract to the poverty areas the kind of industrial and commercial development which would create new jobs and provide other economic benefits for the disadvantaged community surrounding the enterprise. An employer eligible for the poverty area investment credit would also be eligible, if he employed certified trainees, for the hardcore employment credit. The two credits are designed to meet separate needs and different costs to investors and employers. To begin an intensified national effort to improve rural economic conditions and to stem the flow of migration from these areas to large urban centers, the new investment credit should also be available for firms investing or expanding in rural poverty areas. The authority and the resources of the Economic Development Administration should be enlarged to enable it to expand its operations into urban poverty areas on a substantial scale. Encouraging Business Ownership in the Ghettos we believe it is important to give special encouragement to Negro ownership of business in ghetto areas. The disadvantaged need help in obtaining managerial experience and in creating for themselves a stake in the economic community. The advantages of Negro entrepreneurship also include self-employment and jobs for others. Existing Small Business Administration Equity and Operating Loan Programs, under which almost 3,500 loans were made during fiscal year 1967, should be substantially expanded in amount extended to higher-risk ventures, and promoted widely through offices in the ghetto. Loans under Small Business Administration guarantees, which are now authorized, should be actively encouraged among local lending institutions. Counseling and managerial assistance should also be provided. The new Department of Commerce program under which Negro small businessmen are assisted in creating associations for pooling purchasing power and sharing experience should be expanded and consolidated with the Small Business Administration loan program, the Interracial Council for Business Opportunity and other private efforts to provide counseling by successful businessmen outside the ghetto should be supported and enlarged. End of Section 51 Recording by Todd